I want to talk to you this morning about something for, well, I'm not very sure how to call this, but I want to call it, you know, just a few days ago, in fact, I was um, speaking at a conference on a Zoom, on Zoom, and this was in a church in Shillong. And uh, the, the topic they gave me was, they asked me to preach on was a radical rest. And when I first heard it, I said, what, what is radical rest? I mean, I understand rest, but what is radical rest? And I began to really kind of struggle in the presence of God. And I said, Lord, what is this? What am I going to say about this? And then I began to get an understanding. And I want to talk about that. But in fact, as I was praying the other day, another word came up to my, in my heart. And that, that was the God factor. So we're going to link these two. Radical rest and the God factor, okay? I don't really know exactly what the title of the message is, but this is how I want to portray it. Uh, you know, I just was le uh, listening, I'm sorry, reading something this morning. It says, a report in July of 2020 says 43% of the population in India suffers from depression. 43%, that is humongously large portion of the population is under tremendous stress and tremendous attack. That means 43% of the people are hopeless. In fact, I found out that if a person gets depressed and it carries on, it can graduate to what is called bipolar problems. And there are so many people. When I was a kid, I never heard anything like bipolar. You can see what's happening in the world today. The stress levels are so high. Because people are looking for hope. People are looking for a way out of the pressure they are under. And they're not able to find a way of escape. They're trying everything. There are gurus out there. Innumerable found on what? On YouTube that are giving all kinds of teachings and lectures as to how you can manage your stress. No, I'm not talking about managing, of your, managing your stress. I'm talking about destroying stress. Dealing with, no, no, not manage. We're not here to manage stuff. We did not come to coexist with evil. We came to take over. Jesus did not come to coexist and say, it's okay. Let me create some space and let evil also reside. No. He said, evil cannot reside. Where God is present, sin has to depart. Where Jesus comes in, his glory causes the devil to flee. Listen, when the light comes, darkness has to flee. There are people, I believe today, that are in this place and probably watching online that have so many, that have so many challenges that are trying to put up a brave face. But inside, they're broken. Inside, they're depressed. They're discouraged. They don't have an answer. Some of them don't have an answer. Today is what? What's the date today? 21st. In nine days or 10 days, they got to pay rent. They don't have money. They don't have a job. Not only rent, but so many other expenses. And they're really under stress. So to relieve themselves and to live in a fantasy world, they try to approach or try to entertain themselves through different ways and means. Substance abuse, alcohol, 
sometimes movies, to entertain themselves, to forget the pain, to suppress and manage the stress. Jesus came, he said, to destroy the works of the devil. This is the reason why the Son of Man came, he said. To destroy the works of the enemy. You don't have to put up. You don't have to learn to live with it. You can overcome it. The book of Revelation talks about overcomers. It is the overcomer that is rewarded with something. Not somebody that manages to live. No, no, no. He said, this thing has no place in my life. Stress does not dominate me. It has no right to. Yes, right now it may be, but it does not. I will not permit this. But let me tell you, just your determination is not going to solve the problem. That may be a good, good start. To have the will not for it not to take over is good. But you need more than willpower. You need divine power. We need the God factor. God is the only one that can help us out of this situation. Many a time it will seem like there is no way out and you're going under. And quite a number of them, because they can't see a way out, number one step, they get depressed. Then some of them move into becoming bipolar. Some try to manage it by taking antidepressant medication. Then there are others who have tried all this and nothing works, so they go and commit suicide. And you know the statistics are horrific. Mind-blowing and heart-wrenching. But there is an answer. But the problem is, most people that have the answer are not proclaiming it with boldness. If I asked you in church, you would say, Jesus, that's true. I agree. But how many of us are bold enough to say that loud enough? You know why? Because you don't really experience it yourself. You know it in your mind, but you've never tasted it. You've never experienced it. Or maybe you have, but you're being shut down by the voices around you. Social media is good and is bad. It all depends on how you use it and how you will let it influence you. So if you're not careful, it can destroy your life. It can make you even more hopeless in life. It can make you more depressed. Or you can use the same social media and different channels by which you can receive encouragement. Listening to the right stuff. Listening to what God is saying through different men and women of God. I want to take you to a couple of scripture portions this morning to highlight this whole issue. Let's go with me now to Mark chapter 4, please. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, please display it. And we're going to go into up to verse 40, but we'll work our way through that. And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Everybody say that part, please. Let us, come on, let us pass over unto the other side. Now, how many know Jesus never speaks flippantly? When he says, let's do something, it's not because he 
dreamed up a good idea. Let me remind you people of God. Not every good idea is a God idea. Just because it's a good idea, don't think God is backing you. Because somebody else said, good is the enemy of the best. God always has the best for you. And just because you think it is good, if you take that track, it may actually lead you to destruction. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is what? Come on, somebody talk to me. Help me preach. Say death. Say it again. He never said it was a sinful way. There is a way that seemeth right. It looks right. It looks appropriate. It looks the best option. But is it the God option? People of God, listen to me. Christianity is a walk with God. A relational walk with God. So this is how I need to understand my life in Christ. That whatever I'm trying to do, wherever I'm trying to go, whatever I'm trying to start, I need God's permission. Why? Because my destiny has already been established. And when I go to God, what may seem right to me may be right for someone else, but not for me. Because that may actually derail me of my destiny. And so the end thereof will not be satisfaction, but heartache. Did you sin? No. Not in the sense of sin. How many know what I'm talking about? Say amen. Are you all awake this morning? Is it too heavy that I'm talking like this? Come on, let's be honest, okay? Let's receive the word in the right way. Let the word challenge us. Come on, you might have already taken a step and moved in a certain direction. And, you know, maybe you're, you know, you're walking and you felt that the, uh, this way seemeth right. So you stepped onto the right side and you're walking. But as you're walking, there is peacelessness. As you're walking, there is restlessness. As you're walking, nothing seems to be Connecting in the realm of the spirit with God. Watch carefully now. Then the question you ask is, am I sinning? No. Am I smoking? No. Am I living a loose life? No. Then why is this happening? It's not necessarily what we call sin, but you're on the wrong track. See, God wanted you to go reach a certain destination. And what God is saying to you through the restlessness is... That you will never get to that destination. And at the end, when you and I have to stand before him to give account of our lives, we will have nothing to show. Somebody say, Amen. I know this is heavy stuff. Because you know what? Because the gurus out there are saying, dream up something. Have a dream. Have a vision. And that's true. That's right. But the vision and the dream should be birthed by God. Because you're a child of God. You're not a mistake. You didn't come here by mistake. Maybe you were a mistake for your parents, but you were not a mistake for God. Amen. Your destiny is already established in God. So don't compare your life with somebody else. In the mind of Jesse, he had relegated David to the wilderness with sheep. And his father thought that's his destiny. 
while his firstborn and the secondborn were military men, men of repute. He felt proud that as my son works under, directly under the king, he's in the military. What about this other son? Which son? He has even forgotten this son, but God hadn't forgotten him. Because when the prophet came, God said, I don't care who you serve here and what your position in the world is. I want to find that guy you think is not existing. Come on. Some of you may be feeling so despondent in life and so insignificant that your own people have forgotten about you. Your own mother and father don't talk about you to their guests or their relatives. They always talk about the, the first child or the second one that is topping the class, but you're failing in class. So they only want to talk about the guy who's getting good marks and making good grades. My son, what are your children doing? Oh, my son is a B-Tech or M-Tech. He's working in America. And my daughter is married to somebody in Australia. And the second daughter is in where? With New Zealand. And the fourth daughter is in uh, Switzerland. You know, and oh, okay, well, and that's it. I thought you had another one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that guy is just a mechanic. I don't want to talk about him. But you know what? God hasn't forgotten him. I don't, you know why I'm saying this? Because somebody out here has been failing in life and you're thinking there is no future for you. No. That's a lie of the devil. If you will surrender to God... If you will give yourself to God, if you will say, Lord, I invite you into my heart. Lord, I know I'm not a mistake. I, people may not care about me. People may not know about me. And my own mother and father don't talk about me. They, try to, they, they, they seem to forget me and want to forget about me that I even exist. But I know, Lord, I've been made in your image and in your likeness. This morning, I want to surrender my life unto you. So that you can express your will, your purpose, and fulfill your destiny in me and through me. Somebody say amen. Be encouraged. He said, let's go to the other side. He said, I never do anything that the Father has not shown me. I never say anything that he has not told me. So Jesus wasn't flippant. He's saying, well, guys, you know... I really don't know what to do today. So I think it'll be a nice trip to go to the other side, you know. Just rather than sitting and idling ourselves over here, let's take a trip to the other side. No. Jesus never worked like that. Never lived life like that. So let's go to the other side. Okay, let's go. So keep going. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there also with him were other little ships. Go on. And there arose a great storm. Somebody say great storm. What kind of storm? A great storm. Look at the, the ferociousness, the velocity, the power of this storm. The storm wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Somebody say full. So the ship is now full of water, verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Whoa. Oh. This ship is rocking. Okay. There's a 
huge wind that's blowing and the waves are rocking the boat and the boat is about to sink and Jesus is sleeping. I don't know if this is not called radical rest. What else would be called radical rest? How can you sleep fast asleep, man, on a pillow when the ship is about to sink? All right. And they, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Go on. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Go on. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? What? Why are you so fearful? I'm about to die. And he says, why are you so fearful? That's how many people are feeling today. That's the beginning of depression. Anxiety. Hopelessness. No dream. Everything is shattered. All they can see is Perish. Death. What is your future? Death. Do you see you can do anything? No. All I can see is taking some pills and killing myself. Cancel. Not me. All right. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus was resting and fast asleep on a pillow, oblivious to the circumstances. He was a man of the spirit. He was not moved by feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. All that was happening around him were messages that were directed towards the five senses to shake his faith. They were an attack on his faith. Or in the faith of these disciples. But in the midst of this, he was enjoying what? Peace. He said, let us go to the other side. Question. Why was he going to the other side? Number one, I said it was God's will. But if you really want to know why he was going, you should read the next chapter. It says, they went to the land of the Gadarenes. In the land of the Gadarenes, there was one man who was demented. And there was a legion of devils in him that were tormenting him. Chains and shackles could not hold him down. Am I right? And so he goes to the land of Gadarenes. He delivers the man. And he returns for one man. For one man. For one man. Question. Are you that one man? He died for you. Leave the rest of the world alone. He died for me. Me. He came and he died for me. Can you see how precious a life of a person is in the, heart, in the, in the mind of God? That for one man, he took a journey on the sea which almost killed him. Or at least tried to kill him. Don't believe the devil when he says you're useless, you're good for nothing, you're, you amount to nothing at all. No, that's a lie of the devil. You are very precious. 
question yourself, why am I still alive? And so many died last year and even this year. In fact, I read a report that in America, this year, 2021, more people died of COVID in 2021 than 2020. So why are you alive? What makes you so special? God is not finished with you. I said, God is not finished with you. Come on, say somebody say, God is not finished with me. God has a great job for you. He has a wonderful, beautiful, glorious destiny for every one of us. This man, this man in the land of Gadarenes was feared by everybody. And nobody wanted him close to them because he lived among the dead people. Among the tombs. Nobody dare get close to him. Nobody wanted to identify with him. Nobody had an answer for him. No mental institution could help him. The, all the doctors could do was diagnose it as a mental condition. But they had no medication. They had no solution. They had no answer to his problem. Let me tell you my friend. The answer to your situation is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Man might have given up on you. People might have given up on you. Experts might have written you off. And said there is no way. The only thing we can do, do to you is lock you up. And sedate you 24-7. That's the only answer medical science has for such people. Leave, leave them in sedation. Every time they wake up, they eat a little bit, they give another shot. So he goes to sleep again. He's a living dead person. That man who has not considered a living person, a valuable life, a useless person, for that man, Jesus made this journey. A perilous journey. Don't tell me God doesn't love you. I said, don't tell me God doesn't love you. God loves you from the depths of his heart. Jesus loves you. Somebody shout, Jesus loves me. Say it again. There is no reason why you should think of committing suicide. There is no reason why you should give up on life. There is no reason why you should get depressed. If you are depressed, you are in the right place because God wants to set you free from every kind of depression in your life. Glory be to God. God wants you to be set free from every kind of mental ailment, every kind of mental oppression, every kind of lack, every kind of difficulty in life. And God wants you to be set free. Listen, this man was a, this, listen, listen, this guy who was use, considered useless, was a pain to the society, had no future, is what he thought and the world thought. But God knew his future. He comes and sets him free. And you know the next thing he says? Can I go with you? He says, no. No. Go to your own and tell the good things that God has done. Do you know this? He was the first evangelist in those ten cities. 24 hours ago, he was demented. But now he's proclaiming hope. 
to the hopeless. He's telling them about somebody that can heal people. He is telling them about somebody that can save people. He's telling them something about somebody that can give you a hope in life. Why? Not because he went to Bible school. Not because he went to church. His church was among the dead. But he had an encounter with the Almighty God. What makes you bold in your confession, what makes you bold in your witness is the encounter you have with God. They were hiding in the upper room. They didn't know what to do, but God said, wait, you will receive power. An encounter, a genuine encounter with God will load you with divine power. That will make you bold to identify as a child of God. See, today in our country, we are considered to be a minority. And even in the minority, there is a majority that don't try to identify with Christ. They feel ashamed to say, I'm a Christian. Oh, not in church though. In church, they want to hold high positions. They want to control. Without knowing God, they want to control the affairs of the church. They think because they're qualified out there in the world, they're highly educated, well-trained in some of the best universities, they think they know how to run the church better than the pastors. They don't understand church is not an organization, it's an organism. So you need divine wisdom and God's guidance to run what is called the church because it's a body of Christ. How many know this is a spiritual organism? You cannot run a spiritual organism successfully with what you learn just in the natural realm. Because you're dealing with spirits. You're dealing with an opposition for which the natural world and no university is qualified to train you in. You need God. I'm just warming up and it says time up. Man, I can go. I'm really, I'm fired up on the inside, man. I, I don't want to shut up. I don't want to shut up. You know, I think we need to get back to one service where I just go on and on. And this restriction has to stop. I'm just getting tired of this restriction. <laughs> I don't want to play church or do church. I want to live life. I know you will say flow, but what about the next group? So you know why the devil caused the storm to come, right? Because he knew the threat that this demented man would pose to his kingdom. You know why you're troubled so much? Why you're depressed? Because he's fighting your future. Because you're so precious. There is something in you that he's, he's identified as a threat to his kingdom. So what he's trying to do is pull you down by and distract you by making you discouraged by affairs that come in life. And make you believe that God doesn't love you and care for you. Look, if God loves him, why is he left him in the, in, in, among the tombs? If God loves me, why am I going through all this trouble? If God loves me, where is the money? Why, why, am, I, why am I so... You know, discouraged in life. Because this is an attack from the enemy. 
It's an attack from the enemy to depress you, to discourage you, to disown Jesus, to turn your back on him and walk away. But God knows how valuable you are. And he wants you to realize through the preaching of the word that you are very special in his eyes. And if you can only believe and act according to his guidance, you will destroy the works of the devil. But you need to learn to discern this. You need to understand how this works. Friend, you've got to understand. Just because you're in the will of God, it doesn't mean you will not face challenges and opposition from the enemy. Jesus was facing a life-threatening storm. Is that right? Is that right? Tell me, was he in God's will? Never determine the will of God by circumstantial evidence. Some people say, oh, this door, pastor, opened up. I have this great job. You know, they're going to give this and give me that. And they promise promotion and they're going to give me so much jurisdiction. It has to be God. No. It doesn't have to be God. Do you know even the devil can make people rich? It doesn't have to be God. You don't determine something as God's will simply because the door is open or simply because the door is shut. You don't determine the will of God by your senses. You know God's will in your spirit. He said, I will lead you and I will guide you. Amen. So many times when we face storms and challenges, we begin to react like these disciples. Look at the disciples' response. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Wait a minute. How long have these guys been with Jesus? Almost three years. At least three, three and a half years, right? They've seen every kind of miracle. Every. Even the dead were raised. And now they're saying, don't you care that we're going to die? Even if the boat capsized, I would say, this is my version. He would cause them to walk on water. How could death swallow Jesus? Who did they think he was? He is the one that made the seas. Do you know who Jesus really is? He's not just a religious figure. He's the creator. By his word, things were made. Not his hands. His word. And they say, look, this is how we question God. Lord, do you really love me? Where is this love, Lord? Do you really care about, you know, I said, God loves me. Why? My business is going well. Everything is going well. My family is doing well. I have no challenges. Praise God. God is good. And we jump and dance and clap our hands. But what, what if the storm comes? And let me tell you, the storm is arriving. I'm not a doomsday preacher, but I want to tell you the storm is coming. If it hasn't come as yet. Because he said, you will have tribulation. He didn't say, maybe you will have tribulation. No, he said, you will. 
So you better get ready for, to face the enemy and not to question God and to know that you don't point your finger at Jesus, but you point your finger at the devil and say, devil, get out of my way. You take authority on the storm. That's not the time to question his love, his authority, his power, his rights. No, that's the time to know that I know who I am. And based on my identity in Christ, I stand up and speak to my problem. He was fast asleep. Listen, how can you sleep when you know you're about to die? Look at this. This is not just for Jesus. This is for all of us. The Bible talks about Peter. Herod had already killed James. And now he was getting ready to behead Peter. And the Bible says the night before that, he was in prison and fast asleep. Somebody said radical rest. There is a reason for that radical rest. It's a God factor. We'll bring that out. Man, I don't want to stop. I am so feeling so anointed this morning, man. Praise God. Oh, Jesus. All that the disciples, 9, 10, 20, okay. Give me a few minutes. We'll go a little over time today, okay. We'll, we'll cut down the time in the second service. <laughs> All they could see were the boisterous waves rocking and filling the ship with water. And all they perceived was what? Death. How did they come to the conclusion that they were going to die? Did they hear a voice? No. They came to the conclusion based on their experiences. The evidence that was being presented to the senses. We walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. So don't draw conclusions based on your senses. Well, while these guys responded this way, let's look at the response Jesus had for this. Jesus rose and rebuked the wind. Somebody say, rebuked the wind. And said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so faithful? How is it that you have no faith? I want to bring out something. I don't want you to be very, listen very carefully. Jesus did not panic. He was not disturbed or perturbed. He first, he did two things. He rebuked the wind and then he spoke peace. Okay, this is very important now. This is something you need to learn. Okay, he rebuked the wind and then he speaks to the sea. Now, notice, he rebukes the wind, not the waves. Is that right? Although it was the waves that were filling the ship. Question, can you see wind? Talk to me somebody. But you can see what? Its effect. This is what I want you to write down if you're writing. Remember, the unseen controls the scene. The unseen controls the scene. The invisible controls the visible. And the spirit world controls the natural world. I'll repeat that again. The unseen controls the seen, the invisible controls the visible, and the spirit world controls the natural world. 
So, although it was the waves and the water that were filling the ship, he never spoke to it first. He spoke to the spirit behind it. For everything that you face in life, there is a spirit behind it. So you need to learn how to address the spirit behind it. This is the reason why he said we fight not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and forces of darkness in high places. Remember child of God. Your enemy is not another person. It could be manifesting through him. But there is a spirit that is controlling him. It is a spirit that is causing that sickness to come upon you. There is a spirit. The wind. He rebuked the wind. He didn't speak to the wind. Are you getting this? He rebuked the wind. But then it says he spoke to the waves. He was angry at the spirit behind this issue. And after we addressed that and rebuked it, then he said to the waves, peace be still. Now, the difference, the difference in response between Jesus and the disciples was faith. That's why he said unto them in verse 40, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no what? No faith. It was not a wave problem. It was not a storm problem. It was a faith problem. The reason for your depression is not losing your job or not having enough money. It is a faith problem. But the question is this, how can I have faith in somebody that I do not know? Religion can never give me faith. You know, in the stock market, when you're when you're making large investments and you're buying into a corporate, a large company, I'm not talking about day trading, I'm talking about investing on long-term basis. The advice that they give us is, look at the, who the directors are. Study their character. What was their previous performance? How did they run the companies before that they were directors of? And how, what was their performance? And study the company. Then only you invest. What are they saying? Find out the person behind this who is running this new company. Is it worthwhile? No, they may give you all kinds of promises and they may have testimonies of others of how they became rich within three months. He said, don't fall for that. He said, look at the people that actually run the company. Am I right? Yeah. So I can't have faith in somebody that I do not know. I want to leave you with this. Because we have run out of time. I want to take you into the, another portion of scripture. In the old covenant. A similar kind of situation. And the difference is faith. And we'll talk about faith. But I wanted to lay a foundation. You cannot enter into radical rest. Without having God in the equation. 